On 1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. G'day amigos and welcome to the Four Diegos here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on this uh, very cool Wednesday night. Thanks to Finey, Zanners and Poltz on a fantastic hour before the Diegos. And of course, Finey is on from 7 again tomorrow night uh, on here on SEN uh, evenings with the final. Always a great show. Vinny Venezuela, welcome to you. Good evening, Rodrigo. Hello, listeners. Great to be here. Yeah, good to see you. And uh, Carlos, you've turned up tonight. Welcome Thank you, to Roger you. Thank you, Rodrigo. And hello there, Vinny Venezuela. And uh, unfortunately, Warren didn't turn up tonight. I wonder why. Yeah, look, uh, yeah you know, I'm not going not gonna to hide anything. I'm not going to make excuses for him. <laughs> no, he no, sent a shouldn't. text message. A text message. Very late. Yeah, I mean, you're supposed to actually write a letter. Yeah, that's, well, that's what you And put in a, you know, a work do, claim and everything like that, saying he's got the flu. Like his team, he just didn't turn uh, up. In fact, <laughs> a nice one, Vinny. That, that was the excuse, but I know for a fact he's seen his lawyer and he's looking to divorce <laughs> Melbourne City. No, he can't. And he's going to take up with Central Coast Mariners. Is there irreconcilable differences, Carlos? Yeah, I, said, I, said, I just said to him, you know, this lame text message, I said, you're just soft like your team. <laughs> you're just lame like your team. He's got the man flu after. <laughs> he's claiming that it was, he, he caught it in England. Yeah, that's right. And uh, yeah. he's uh, yeah, delayed. Yeah. Delayed, delayed. Delayed flu. But anyway, no warrant tonight. But uh, we'll talk about Melbourne City and Perth a little bit later on, of course. But uh, got some other stuff to talk about, like mm. two major semi-finals coming up in the A-League. Uh, we've got a big show for you tonight. We'll catch up with Mike McGrath a little bit later on. We'll uh, take your text messages, of course, on 0433981116. And tonight's show is brought to you by Tax Talk, Best on Plumbing, and the Northern Football Academy at St Monica's College in Epping. Thanks to our sponsors right throughout this A-League season. It's coming to an end too, by the way. Oh, no. It's coming to an end very, very shortly. Hi, Marie, off the text message too. G'day, Marie. And mm. uh, just uh, game on at the moment in the Asian Champions League. Muan Tong from Thailand, nil. Brisbane Raw, nil. And in the earlier game, Urua Red Diamonds defeated Western Sydney Wanderers yeah. 6-1. They were playing end-of-season football, weren't they? End-of-season trip football, weren't they, West Sydney Wanderers? Unbelievable. They, uh, they're they a team that know there's going to be a clean-out, the way Popper does it every year, <laughs> um, and uh, they just didn't bother tonight. Absolutely. And, yeah. uh, and last night, Gumba Osaka and Adelaide United, three-all draw. It was actually a really good game. Yeah, I don't know come if you caught any yeah, of that last night. Yeah, come back uh, for Adelaide. It was uh, terrific. It was. It's, it's amazing how they, they've sort of almost... Got themselves a, a new lease of life in the at, last four or five weeks, haven't they? Yeah, at the wrong end of yeah, the season, no, really. True. I mean, when it comes to A-League, of course. I know it's not our word, but I think we use it more than anyone else. But uh, today, as I was driving to work, I was listening to some station, and they were, they were giving me another station, and they were talking about the, the score, and they said... And Adelaide were plucky. That's our that's our domain. That's our that's it's our, on our word. T-shirt. You it's know, on the I'd t-shirt. like to know. I'll, I'll be. Pursuing that station because that's our word. Hmm. It's on the Diego's merchandise. If they start using prongs, if they start using prongs, oh. I'm going to go <laughs> after them. There'll be trouble. Well, yeah. It's on the it's on the Diego's merchandise. We've sold four of those, haven't yeah. we? <laughs> yeah, it's going I've well. Yeah. <laughs> I think Carlos, I saw you and wearing and one. And Warren couple, wears it. They were all freebies yeah, and, and a couple of giveaways <laughs> to our family. Exactly. Yeah. yeah of course. Hey, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. We'll also take your call. Let's get into uh, the topics tonight. It's ten past eleven. I heard 
Yes, it is the Q&A. Can't let go of uh, Disco Inferno. Gets the guys uh, going. Why are we doing Disco Inferno? Well, it's because oh, it's, it's got it's, that beat. Yeah, okay. we, we, we could play, yeah. you know, the old opener to my segments, but uh, it's a bit depressing, really. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Didn't, it, was, it was interesting, but, yeah. uh, you know, it kind of depressed me a little bit. But anyway, let's, uh, let's get into the big semifinals in the A-League. Uh, they're happening this weekend, and we're going to, obviously, victory take on uh, Brisbane Raw and uh, Sydney FC take on Perth Glory, which uh, yeah. both, both games... On paper, look like really interesting games. But, six uh, pointers, Rodrigo. Yeah, six, <laughs> six pointers. No, no points at the moment, Vinny Venezuela. <laughs> yeah. But uh, hey, let's start with victory and Raw. Let's talk about victory, of course. What, what are your immediate thoughts on this game? You know, could Raw? I think victory will go in favourites. But Raw, after their uh, a penalty shootout uh, victory mm. over the Western Sydney Wanderers, it was a game of two halves, so to speak, yeah, uh, Carlos, because yeah. uh, Western Sydney Wanderers started really well, and uh, then Brisbane Raw mm. uh, in the second half were really, really good. Uh, and they won on penalties. And uh, by the way, how good were the penalties Can before we get say, into that yeah, game? You're right. I was going to say, best penalties I've ever seen take, best penalty shootout yeah. taken in this country. It but, was German. <laughs> it was Germany, Italy. That, that, it, was cl- it was clinical. clinical. But, but jump high was probably the worst one I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Jamie, Jamie Young celebrated like he's just pulled off the best save of his life. It went straight at him. Yeah, it did. If he wanted to jump out of the way, he couldn't jump out of the way of that penalty. But, uh, but uh, high quality game. And, mm. And I'm fearful, Vinny. I'm fearful for Melbourne victory, even though right now we're watching Brisbane Raw uh, in Thailand. Uh, it's 1-0 for the Mao Tong. Yep, Mao Tong. 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 Mao Tong. Uh, they've just uh, scored. And Jamie Young looks like he's been injured of some, you know, I think he's... Yeah, we've hit the post or something, but uh, they're 1-0 down. But uh, they've got a, a lot of travel to do, obviously, to get over there and come back. Their game is on Sunday, so they've got a few miles in their Muskie legs. Muskie will be saying to the Victory Boys, I will spew yeah. if you lose against this team that's had to travel during yeah. the week. But, you know, was, I, I they think, will be his words, I think Carlos. sometimes, Vinny, what happens is it actually concentrates that team. It makes them focus even more. And... With John Aloisi, we know that he rotates his squad. I haven't seen what the you know the full Ooh. team is. Oh, he's Gee, really hurt himself. Yes, Jamie Young has cut his arm or something. He's got blood streaming down his arm. Well, Theo Theo was injured too. So yeah, well, he's um, done his he's out for the rest of the year. That's he's, right. he's done his ACL, I think. So uh, I hope they've got some young kid coming through. The also, ranks. it's just a graze, but it looks looks uh, it's pretty. Uh, yeah, he's a tough character, Jamie Young, but so. uh, Young Billich has come on number forty three. Don't even know his first name. Uh, Slavin Junior. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just about to he say. looks, uh, looks young. I don't think he, he's actually running up and down the field. I don't think he knows he's got to actually going to goal. He thinks he's playing left back. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, obviously there's a there's a few issues there for Brisbane Raw and this kid who seems a very short keeper too. Yeah, Thomas Love is his first name. <laughs> is it? It is. Okay. Thomas Love Billich. Okay. I, there I'm you going go. to I'm going to buy into the romance for victory. Okay. I'm going to buy into this idea that um, they they've left the fans needing more. Yep. And so they've had the week off, and so the, the training and the preparation will be concentrated and quality with and purposeful. And, and because of that, they're going to be ready because they want to bring something home for this season for their people, for yep. their peeps. But I would think, Vinny, they're a club that's trained, that would train to do that every week. And they have been a little bit inconsistent, more they than have, a little bit in have. the last six weeks. And Brisbane Raw, the way they literally came back into the game after halftime, I mean, like you said, perfect uh, perfect description, game of two halves. 
Uh, West Sydney Wanderers were fantastic. If it wasn't for Michael Theo in the first yeah. half, yes. uh, they would have been three or four down. And they came out and they just just flipped that game completely. And they were terrific. And in the end, one on penalties. So I think there's some real resilience. I think there'd be some real confidence after what they did to West Sydney. And I think also that, except for Sydney FC, all the other teams that made the finals are quite even on their day. Mm. So I, I, I'm a little bit worried for victory. Vinny. Look, I put it to you, Carlos, that uh, victory is always in the game and they play for the full 90 minutes. They don't tend to switch off. They may not play champagne football, but they... They may not win, always win games, but they really lose games, if you know what I mean. And I think that that'll be possibly a bit of an X factor playing against Brisbane. I think Brisbane played awesomely uh, mm. against the Wanderers and, and they, they, they were polished and the ball was stuck to the feet and the passes and Barella was really good. And, um, but, you know, Barella doesn't back it up. <laughs> well, I think Barella's been pretty good. But anyway, look, I, I think it's a danger game for victory and uh, and which... W- they're the sort of games where there's no clear mm. favourite. I love going into the final. So it's on the day. And, I, you know, as much as people talk about the travelets that the ACL forces teams to go through, I don't, I don't remember one team that's come back and actually acted tired. You know, there's always that psycho. You know, we all think about, look at the travel they've got to do. But they, they're professional footballers and they've got a final to play with a chance of getting into a grand final. I don't think fatigue's going to get... No. It's going to be a factor. Well, it's almost the other way around because uh, Victory have had a week off, yeah. obviously. So uh, one game in, what, two weeks? Yeah, but uh, I, you know, I wonder if, you know, would you rather... That's that's the question. Yeah. Would, would you, you rather have yeah. a week off or play, what, three games in the space of seven days, yeah. which is what uh, Raw will do? Yeah. So it's going to be very interesting. They'll be definitely... They're all match-hardened, of course, at this mm. time of the year. They'll all be super fit, obviously tapering it, you know. They'll be working it out to the to the minute. But, mm. but you've got to say... Um, it could work either way for Brisbane Raw. They could be absolutely yeah. stuffed on, on yeah. uh, uh, it's Sunday. Sunday yeah. at 5, which is uh, the game time. I think it's going to be a great game. But look, because because I love victory, I'm going to, you know. I, <laughs> you're I hopeful, Vinny. I, I am hopeful. You've got to be hopeful. If you're, if you're a fan of that club, you've got to be hopeful. You've always got to be. And if you're a fan of Raw, you've got to be hopeful. But, you know, as a, as a victory person, I'd say that Barissa's, Barisha's mindset, yep. is, is amazing. Valeri's mindset's amazing. You've got Broxham's mindset amazing and strong and consistent and I think you've got a backbone of, of, of sort of mental depth that then carries everyone else and, and hopefully everyone will lift. Is he sounding like a supporter? If yeah. Rohas lifts, if Rohas <laughs> plays yeah. as he has, well, we know him to, to play. Lift, by the way. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, the, the, the only guarantee victory has, if Rohas plays mm-hmm. up near his potential, yep. Barisha plays up near his potential. And they get uh, the ball to them. Yeah, Ben Kalfalad, Troisi, they're the four. Yeah. Because it doesn't really matter how victory, you know, defend or it, it really is those four. They will determine the game. Defending if any of those, is very important, Carlos. Yeah, yeah, but I know, but <laughs> it is. victory victory if you know, if if victory actually um play the sort of game where they're breaking quickly and allow these guys to have space, that means they're moving the ball quickly. Uh, and, and you know, uh, with a, almost a, I don't like using the word counter attack or the descriptions counter attack because I know Muskie believes they don't play a counter attacking game. But when they do win possession in their back half and move it quickly to the Barishas, to the Rohasses, and give them space and space to run into, and they can interchange passes with very few touches, that's when they're at their blistering best. But the four of them are going to work well, mm. and we saw in the game against Central Coast Mariners a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Central Coast looked every bit as good as Melbourne Victory for 80 minutes. 
because there wasn't the intensity in the front four. And if they're not if they're not operating or working at their best, it doesn't really matter how well they're defending. Victory don't look half the team. No, I agree with you, but I think that uh, rarely do you see Victory play two bad games or more than two bad games in a row without something changing. And and rarely do you see any team uh, sustain that that level of mediocrity. And mm. and at the top end, Victory have always turned it around. And I and I think that uh, it'll be a good show, but, one yeah, way or the other. What about I mean? But give Brisbane their due. They, they look out of games so often mm. and, and, and then find something yeah. you know, in the second half look or right at yeah. the death. You know? so, so, you know, I, I wouldn't be writing them off. I mean, Thomas Broish is potentially his last game. If, if they yeah. lose, it'll be his last game for Brisbane. Or how good was he in that second yeah. half? His last couple yeah. of games have been phenomenal. Mm. Yeah, but, but there's talk of Manny Mackay coming back. I'm not even sure he's, he's playing tonight, but he's virtually, he's been training. Uh, he's had a knee injury for a while. He's so important to them. Um, you know, once you've got a midfield with him in there and there's a bit more experience and Holman's getting better every game. Uh, McLaren, of course, uh, he's been scoring for fun over the last number of weeks. And um, I, I just think it's a hell of a scary game for mm. victory. And, um, and they need to be at their best. And if they're at their best, and we know Brisbane will always be in the game, it'll be one hell of a semi-final, that's for sure. If they get off to a, a fast start, yep. which is what victory seem to try to do all the time, they really, you know, pressure, you know, they move forward attacking. And that's where Rojas is so important right at the start. Because um, if he and Barisha mm. can, can really start, and, and I mean, it could be uh, Fahid Ben Kalfalar's Last game, it yeah. could be Troisi's last game if if they lose, given that he hasn't got a contract yet. So, mm. so there's a lot of subplots in this game for victory, and uh, mm. it's going to be very, very interesting stuff. As I said, it's on Sunday at five. Just off the text message, Daniel, victory are not Melbourne City. They play with pride, draw a crowd, and fight all <laughs> the way. Right. Yeah, but the if they're not the best, heart. Daniel, on the weekend, Brisbane are the sort of side that are so tough to beat. Oh, they'll be confident. They, they're so competitive. Uh, yeah, they have their moments where they're not so good, like in the first half against West Sydney. But if they're focused and they're in the mood, it's going to be one battle for victory. And they're going to have to be at their best. And you want, if you're going to try and get to the grand final and you're a victory, you mm. want to be your best in the semi final. Because if you're not going to the grand final playing your best football, you're not going to beat Sydney or Perth if they're going to be at that level too, because they're good sides too. And Daniel's on fire here. This Sunday's this Sunday, victory will avenge all the garbage decisions we've copped in finals at that Cowpaddock Suncorp Stadium. Bye-bye, Raw, Daniel Gladstone Park. There you go. Oh, well. So, you know, there's some victory supporters, or one in particular, that's, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, pretty... Pretty confident. Oh, two. Vinny, Vinny's very confident as well. Um, so it's going to be very interesting. I can't wait. I think, you know, semifinals, you know, the, these games mean something mm, very mm, inter- very mm. important. So victory will want to make it to the final against either Sydney FC or Perth Glory. Now, this is going to be very interesting. Sydney have taken all before them this year. Yeah. You know, I was a big fan of them right at the start of the year. Carlos, you <laughs> yeah, weren't I necessarily took convincing. Yeah, yeah you did. And I, we I, really should yeah. find that tape, shouldn't yeah, we, yeah, uh, no, Rodrigo? No. Well, I actually said I think they'll only lose one game. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, I didn't really. But uh, look, they've been fantastic this year. Can Perth Glory go over there on Saturday at five? Yep. And uh, and oh, sorry, Saturday at uh, seven fifty. Just yep. uh, adjust my glasses <laughs> yep. um, and beat Perth Glory. Uh, beat Sydney FC? Yeah, of course. It's a one-off game. It's sudden death. Anything can happen. Uh, they've got a, a maestro such as Castro in the team. Maestro. They've got Yeah, they've got Keo, um, you know, uh, Taggart. I mean, these guys are goal scorers, and they're up 
you know, all three of them are up pretty high in the goal-scoring charts, sharing the load. Uh, they showed on the weekend they can defend like Lions with Djulvic and um, a few others that uh, in defence. Even Mark Warren, who I don't rate very highly, had a fantastic game against Kamau. And, of course, Sydney FC was one of his former teams. So he'll want to play his best football. And they've got nothing to lose. I think if people had said... Uh, earlier in the season, that Perth Glory were going to make a major semi-final, they would have been really happy with that. Uh, it's certainly not the finished product, that team. They've had their ups mm. and downs. But they're in the semi-final against, Perth, against Sydney. And I would think, probably out of all the teams, I think Perth are the ones with the quality that if all of them play really, really well, all their top players play well, Sydney are going to be in real trouble, I think, because, look... Having said that, Sydney have been terrific all this year, but they've they've had the week off, and Perth are going there with a heap of confidence. Mm. Well, it's a testament to the quality of both semi-finals. You don't they could go either way. Yeah. There's no shoe in someone's going to win it for sure because each team has just yeah. uh, sort of performed when it when it's there, needed there's to. No Perth, weak, there's no weak teams no. in those last no. four, and you don't win a semi-final on paper. So, on paper, Sydney should win at everything. But they've been fantastic on the pitch too, they Carlos. Have, I mean, have. I agree that with a forward set-up, like you've just mentioned, you know, Castro, Taggart, Keogh, uh, they, they, they can scare any team mm. and put any defence under pressure. But that defence has been extraordinary this year. For mm. Sydney? For Sydney. Yeah, yeah. And, so and, they and it, gonna, but it's not just their back four. It's, no, no, of course not. They, they win the, the ball. The team defence Yeah, they, they win the ball up the field a bit, but... You know, look, it depends on how well they can stymie the likes of Castro. He's the he's the, the, the difference player uh, in that game. And if they can somehow subdue him, Perth haven't got any chance at all. No. I can't think of Perth winning the game unless Castro has the game of his life. And he's the type of player that yeah. could potentially mm. turn a game. I mean, yeah. just off the text message here, could, Castro could be the best player of the year. Yeah, you know, easy. He, he could be the best player for a long time, yeah. for many years. So... Um, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I'm looking forward to these two two finals. Mm. So, who will it be? Will it be Sydney FC and versus Melbourne Victory, or Perth Glory versus Brisbane Roar, yeah, or any other a yep. permutation and combination? But uh, looking forward to the A League semi-finals this weekend. As I said, Sydney FC take on Perth at 7:50 on Saturday night, and the big one for us here in Melbourne anyway. Melbourne Victory take on Brisbane Roar at 5 p.m. on Sunday. Let's take a break now. When we come back, we'll review uh, Melbourne City. A little bit right after this on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diegos. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday night here on the Diegos uh, in the Asian Champions League at half time. It's 1 0 to Muang Tong, who are taking on uh, Brisbane Raw. And earlier tonight, Urua Red Diamonds from the J League defeated Western Sydney Wanderers 6 1. And last night, Adelaide uh, were very plucky against uh, Gumba. Osaka, uh, three all last night. So uh, it was a very entertaining game. Uh, we're talking about, of course, uh, before the break, the A-League semi-finals this weekend. Just again, uh, it's uh, Melbourne victory and Brisbane Roar on Sunday at five, and then and before that, it's Sydney FC take on Perth Glory at seven fifty on Saturday night. Just off the text messages here, um, Ole boys, I know you don't normally do this, but just wondering if you can give our junior club a shout out. You know we. We do normally do this, and we're very, very <laughs> yes, happy to uh, give our grassroots a bit of a plug here on the Diego's. Ivanhoe City Soccer Club has grown from one. Accreditation has been confirmed, and now we are searching for sponsors in the local community to support 
Ivanhoe's first junior community soccer club. That is a big, big thing. So congratulations to everybody involved at Ivanhoe, um, Ivanhoe Football Club or Soccer Club. Um, you've got a website here, but a, a, an email address. I might not read it because I'm not sure it's correct. But uh, if you are interested, um, check them out on Facebook. Like yep. them on Facebook. Uh, interested coaches should also contact the club. That's Ivanhoe City Soccer Club. Check them out on Facebook, uh, and uh, we'd like to thank the Four Diegos for all your support. Ole, go City. Hey, thanks for your support, and congratulations on uh, putting all the time and effort into getting Ivanhoe City Soccer Club. If up you to want where to send your to email address through again, because we're just not sure whether that's spelt correctly, that's that's, right. uh, just send it through again, and we'll read it out. Definitely. Can I just say, Sunday I was out there because Lily Venezuela, um, the season started again. Great to be out there, just. Uh, out in, out in the community watching just uh, kids play football. Coaching Vinny or just... Uh, no, just from uh, the sidelines. Ugly, parent, ugly, uh, ugly parenting, <laughs> yep. Um, I threatened to hold her hand over the fire at one point because she missed a sitter. But then she scored one and so oh, she all redeemed was redeemed. Yep. Yeah, Did she nice. run to you and just uh, lift up her, her shirt and with her you know, pillows for Dad? Yeah, I love Mum right. more. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Yeah, very it was, good. It was, it was a nice family moment. So very good stuff from Ivanhoe City Soccer Club. Hey, boys, uh, we talked about... Um, Melbourne. We talked about Melbourne City um, just beforehand, and uh, yep. they uh, they're out of the A League, of course, out of the, um, losing two nil. Um, you might want them out of the A League. Uh, well, sorry, Rodriguez. not out of the A League, out of the uh, out of the finals season, yes. out of the finals. Yes. Of course, they lost two nil uh, to Perth, but uh, it was unbelievable. Warren's not here. I would have liked Warren yeah, to no. have been here to to face up to it because he, you know, you know what he's like. He's a very passionate Melbourne mm. City fan. But uh, just quickly, what are your thoughts on, on this? Because we've got some, um, we've got something to do very, very shortly. Will it be the soft underbelly end of season trip, Rodrigo, or will it be the you know uh, soul searching season trip for City? Because they just haven't delivered when they needed to. Unfortunately, I don't know. They on paper they look the goods, but put them on well, the pitch. They're well, a rabble. What did yeah. Tim Cale say? We're a nice team with nice footballers. Yeah, that sums it up. That sums it up. Yeah. Hey, we were going to talk about this in a bit more depth, but we're going to rearrange the show a yeah. little bit on the fly because that's what we do here yes. at the Four Diego. <laughs> we're rolling. Mike McGrath from the UK has called us uh, and would like to chat to the Diegos. G'day, Mike, and welcome <laughs> to the show. <laughs> Okay, thanks for having me on. It's our pleasure, Rodrigo. We, we hope we called you. Yeah, no, we Mike. did. We called yeah. Mike. But, uh, but you know, we rearrange it. We like to yeah. give our contributors yeah. an opportunity when they're available. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Not always when we want them. It's when they're available. Mike's a busy, busy man. Lots happening at the moment in the UK. Vinny's here as well, Mike. And so is Carlos Alberto Diego. Tell us a little bit about uh, Joey Barton, Mike. And uh, um, he won't be playing for a long, long time, will he? Well, if yeah, if his appeal doesn't work, so it's gonna it, it's an eighteen month ban. Um, and what he said, he, he just very recently uh, released a statement. It might have been while you guys were on air saying that effectively it, it put him into retirement. Um, and he's also and he has also um, said that it's not in proportion to the offence as well. He, he feels that because of his notoriety, he's been uh, given a harsher sentence. I can kind of see his point of view on that one, to be honest, uh, particularly as this is like, these are bets over a decade. Um, and you know, well before the kind of advent of online betting as well, and when it became a lot more of an issue, I'm not saying that it, what he did was right, but I do think that it does seem quite a big, um, quite a big ban for uh, what was, you know, he was never ever betting on 
um, himself or losing a game or anything like that. And also, I think he was losing quite a few bets as well. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but I think yeah, it could be the end of it could be the end of Joey Barton. Um, you know, unless he wins this appeal. Uh, Mike Vinny here. It was one thousand two hundred and sixty bets. So that's uh, one hundred and twenty-six bets a year over ten years. <laughs> that's still a bit. Yeah, it's quite a lot. Isn't it? It's like one one every three days. Yeah, um, and there's only thirty-nine rounds in the season. Yeah, I, I also I, I I don't know the breakdown of the of the bets, but I would I would really imagine that um, a lot of them were probably more recent, just because gambling on football has been such an explosion in the last few years. Um, and while the FAR are dishing out 18-month bans and, you know, and you'd have Andros Townsend who, who got a much less ban, a much smaller ban for uh, Andy served some of it over, over the summer and some of it was suspended and things like that, I do think that we've probably just got to have a look at how we're punishing people and, and maybe... Changing the culture of um, changing the culture as well as um, dishing out big suspensions. Mike, do we know if he put money on Leicester winning the EPL last year? <laughs> I think he would have retired already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he would have been in the sunset already if that happened. Would have been a nice way to go out. You're right, <laughs> Mike. Uh, just yeah. uh, news hot off the press. Or you might have been a bit old over there, but we've just got it over here. Uh, Newcastle and West Ham have been raided by the British Tax Office. Apparently, a couple of the yeah. employees, uh, it's all about tax fraud over there. Yeah, really dramatic morning. It was, um, it was 8 o'clock in the morning when the, uh, when the authorities uh, swooped on these two clubs. I mean, interestingly, they're, um, so I'm just in a hailstorm here as well. Sunshine <laughs> in a hailstorm is um, <laughs> what you can hear. But, yeah, really dramatic morning. And um, interestingly, they've been working with the French authorities, which suggests that it would be the, the, the France to England transfers that they're looking at. There's been arrests as well. The, the Newcastle uh, chief exec, Lee Charnley, has been one of them that, that, that um, has been reported to be arrested. So, I mean... The other thing is that I noticed was that it's, it's quite a small amount of money in comparison to, uh, you know, what is a, a billion-dollar industry, uh, and, and it's like a five million pound um, income tax. I know it sounds a lot of money to you and me, but in the grand scheme of things, it's quite small. Um, I just wonder whether they, you know, that they're, they're really, you know, HMRC, um, the tax guys over here, they've got their targets and they seem to go for them, um, and, and we'll see what comes out of this in terms of whether there'll be any penalties for them or, or any, indeed, any kind of criminal action. Well, Mike, back to the football. Of course, on the weekend, there were the uh, semi-finals of the FA Cup and we had Chelsea beating Tottenham 4-2 in a strange game where Tottenham seemed to be the, the more dominant team, but Chelsea ended up being comprehensive winners. And, of course, Arsenal have resurrected something from their season by beating Manchester City 2-1. Um, obviously, the final Arsenal versus Chelsea. It's a London derby. Um, those Arsenal fans out there that I know want them to win because it's probably the best chance that Ar- Arsene Wenger will leave <laughs> on a high. Is that is that maybe some yeah. of the some of the thoughts uh, over there? I don't know. I think, I think the, the the general feeling over here is that you know we're going to we're, we're going to be seeing Arsene Wenger next season at Arsenal in some capacity regardless of what happens um, at Wembley uh, next month. Um, so, 
I think it was a great, a fantastic day for Arsene Wenger and Arsenal. It was an absolutely massive victory for them. And I think they, I, I had them get in there as massive underdogs as well, just from the body language in recent weeks of, um, of the Arsenal players. Um, and similarly, I thought Chelsea won against the odds as well. Spurs were fantastic on Saturday. Again, I was covering. Mm. Um, they did a lot of things right, but I just think Chelsea, just they just know their way around um, winning matches and it doesn't it's not always prettier than the opposition but they get it done isn't it amazing uh, Mike that uh, you know uh, Mon- Monreal the one who's uh, one of the players for Arsenal who scored in the in that semi-final was only weeks ago uh, there was a chant at one of the games you know chanting against him uh, being not fit to wear an Arsenal shirt and of course the winner was scored by Sanchez. And, uh, again, he's not been, uh, even though he's been a great player for Arsenal this year, there's been a lot of speculation about whether he wants to be there, and some of the fans don't like that either. Isn't it amazing how a week or two in football just changes everything? Yeah, and and Wenger as well. He's, you know, a few weeks ago he was, uh, you know, useless. They've got mm. a big game against Man U coming up in a few weeks, and, you know, if he wins that, then people um, and, and if he catches Liverpool as well, which he, which the games in hand, you know, if they win their games in hand, they can do. They can get in the top four. Um, and you know, looking at what he, looking at the team that he's got, I'd say that that would be a massive achievement for a manager to get that Arsenal team into into the top four, particularly with some of the circumstances they've faced. I'm not saying they've got bad players, but I just think they've had a lot more obstacles than uh, the rest of the top six. Now, Mike, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, we saw Man U really come out and dominate Chelsea and, and play the sort of football that uh, the fans sort of got used to under Fergie, so it was kind of a bit of a renaissance for them. But then the next week, we they lose Lats and Rojas. Rojas so... Where's that team at now, and what are their plans moving forward? Uh, I think there's, there's going to be a really busy summer at United. Jose is not not that happy with with his squad. He, you know, in his own words, they are a long way away from where he wants to be. So I'd, I'd expect a busy summer for them. Um, he seems to be singling out um, players regularly. Uh, naming them in public, which is which is not really uh, what managers do, but he he does it, um, and he's done it. And the ones that he's done it to have been Smalling, Jones, and Luke Shaw recently. So you, you do wonder whether there's going to be a, some defensive reinforcements as well as uh, replacement for Zlatan. Because of course he's not. It doesn't look like he's going to be back this um, this calendar year anyway. Uh, so I, I think is that, that again, if they win the Europa and, and get into the Champions League, what a fantastic year that they've had. He's been backed into a corner um, selection-wise, so you know it could be a good thing for somebody like Marcus Rashford to get his chance and take it and, and keep his place in the team again. Do you think, Mike, that uh, it's the end for Slatan Ibrahimovic? Uh, well, at least is it the end at Manchester United and? Would it be the end of his career with this ACL that he's got? It's really, it's really difficult um, to gauge this because, on one hand, you know I deal with uh, you know football clubs and people around football every day, and it's a really ruthless, ruthless business where you don't get 
£300,000 contract, £300,000 a week contract for being fantastic around the club but injured. You, you know, mm. it just doesn't really happen. But also working around Manchester United, that they are the kind of club that don't just automatically throw people on the scrap PP, particularly when they've had an impact on the club like he has. Um, I think it's going to be really difficult for him to come back uh, in the Premier League. And I just think that maybe that America, his comeback schedule kind of fits in with the MLS. And that might be uh, that, that might be somewhere that he'd look at. Um, so that's what I, that, that's what I think. But it, and, and what he want to do is rehab in, in Manchester as well when there are a sunnier places to go. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's not looking great for him to um, play again in the Premier League. And Mike, uh, has Sam Allardyce's redemption uh, as, a, as a man and a, and a football manager finally been complete with uh, Crystal Palace again winning on the weekend? They've beaten some big teams in the last four or five weeks. Now they're mid-table when they look like they were going to be relegated you know, a few weeks ago. Uh, he's done a fantastic job, and I suppose he, he's an expert in avoiding relegation, and he's done it again this time, looks like. Yeah, it did take some time, though, this time. It wasn't an instant uh, big Sam coming in and, and, and um, solving everything. It took time for him to put his imprint on, and, and it came to the end. Um, and all of a sudden, you're looking at the mid-table and looking up rather than at the relegation zone. He's done. He's done very. You know, he's done very well, and he's got. You know, I'm heading to Selhurst Park now um, tonight, and he could, you know, stick the nail in Tottenham's hopes. We'll say hi to him well, for <laughs> from the Diego's because we have yeah, spoken to Pat. Sam. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Hey, Mike. Uh, thanks for rearranging your your calendar today for the Diego's. We really appreciate it and uh, enjoy too, enjoy the football. Is uh, there's Mike McGrath from the Sun in the UK? Good to talk to Mike. Hey, let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diego's on eleven sixteen SEN Melbourne's home of football on eleven sixteen SEN the Four Diego's. Thanks for your company tonight on this cold Wednesday night. Winter winter has arrived. Uh, just uh, in addition to the uh, Ivanhoe City uh, promo we did before the. Uh, Info at IvanhoeCitySC.com.au. That's how you want to get in touch with the team there. That's info at IvanhoeCitySC.com.au or the website at uh, IvanhoeCitySC, rather. That's IvanhoeCitySC.com.au. Uh, well done to the to the team yeah. there on uh, getting the rack together. If you're, if you're a coach and you want to uh, coach uh, kids, play football, give them a call or send, uh, check them out on Facebook as well. Hey, um... The Champions League at the moment, um, one Tong from Thailand, a one Brisbane Raw uh, nil, and uh, who was it? Uh, Euro Red Diamonds defeated uh, Western Sydney Wanderers 6-1 um, earlier tonight, and Gumba Osaka last night uh, played out a nil all, uh, three all draw rather with Adelaide United boys. Um, Melbourne City, of course. Uh, are out of the A-League finals. Not out of the A-League, as uh, <laughs> I said earlier. I didn't mean to say yeah. that, but uh, you know what I meant. Yeah. Um, look, they they won they won the FFA Cup. Yeah. That was brilliant. Has this season been a failure? Yeah, yeah, I think it has been. I think it's. I think the expectations are so high, even amongst the players. You can see Tim Cale. I don't think I've seen him so so shattered. Um, and you know, sometimes Timmy puts a bravado on, mm. and sometimes uh, you know he. Um, 
there's this thing that if they've done poorly in a team that he's played in or they've, they've performed poorly, he he, they, he gets he puffs out the chest and he'll say, we'll fix it next week. But there's no next week. And here he was even quoted, I think Lynchy, Michael Lynch in The Age quoted him saying that, I can't believe that it's the end of the season because he hasn't got – they don't have an opportunity to mm. rectify – what's just happened in the last couple of weeks. It's just an awful way for them to finish the season. I think there'll be some real soul-searching there. I think there'll be a clean-out uh, with, um, you know, as much as I think uh, a Michael Volcanis, Joe Montemuro, Joe Palacides probably ha- are young coaches who can coach. Uh, I-, I think they will not be given another opportunity at senior level. I think they'll bring a new group of coaches in, and uh, especially a-, a senior coach will be experienced. Uh, and I think... That was their biggest problem. Their biggest problem is uh, once they won the FFA Cup and John Van Skip left, I think they gave the coaching positions to to coaches who had to accept it because they were offered it, Mm. by the way. So it's not the coach's fault, but I don't feel they gave the team uh, uh, a team chock full of quality and experience to the right coaches. And, uh, And I know that they wanted to give them an opportunity, but why would you risk it when you... Don't have a problem about paying the money out. You have a, a, a global network of getting the best possible coach out there. And no one can tell me that they needed to get their first preferred coach because their preferred coach they'll give a three-year contract to. But they could have got someone for six months. And I did go Googling what Gus Hineke was doing, and he's doing nothing. <laughs> so bring, you know, that would have been a huge statement to bring Gus Hineke here for six months coaching Melbourne City, that would have just... And those players would have absolutely uh, f- flourished under someone like Gus Hinnink because he was strongest, you know, ego in that change room, biggest ego in that change room. At the same time, players would be uh, playing to at their best all the time to impress him to get in that team. Carlos, is it fair to say that the Uncle Roy mentoring um, experiment didn't go to plan either? I, th- I just think that undermined the, you know, Mike Volcanis and his coaching team. I mean, they were very respectful. Like, look, I know, I know when I say this, it sounds like, you know, the existing, you know, young coaches there, um, you know, didn't do a good job. Well, it's not that they didn't do a good job. It's just that they just didn't have what it took with a team and a squad that they've got, the experience they've got, to be able to solve the problems they needed to when they arose. And, you know, it's it just seems very simplistic, but that's what the story is. And all the messages at the end, you know, from Tim Cowell at the end, uh, Luke Bratton, in the, in the weeks, you know, I sort of look at the subtext of these messages when they say, we're such a talented squad, we don't know what's going on. When I hear players saying that, it means they're not getting the guidance they don't know their they don't know their 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 job descriptions and as a collective there's probably not a lot of faith in what they're doing and that's a coaching um, responsibility as far as I'm concerned. Do you think that one of the players that's come out of sort of the second half of the season? Uh, looking really good has been Nick Fitzgerald because he was getting a bit more game time and really shone. Yeah, and I'll tell you what they have to really. They'll have to really, you know, put their arm around him this summer because I think he will be in great demand. Uh, when they had a full squad, and even after he performed really, really well, uh, Mike Volcanis wasn't playing him. He was coming off the bench. And whenever he came off the bench, especially in the last four or five games, he looked like a game changer. So if they don't put their arm around him saying, listen, you're an important player for us, they might lose him. And I know there's other teams, will, you know, who will lap him up. who will just take him up and... Uh, 
And uh, and you know, and who knows? He might have aspirations. He's a young guy. He might have aspirations to go overseas anyway. But uh, for a guy like him being on the bench um, towards the end, just through pure performance, mm. I thought that was uh, something that wasn't right either. Well, just I mean, you know, who coaches them next year? And uh, we, we're getting a, a an unbelievable procession of uh, big names uh, yeah. potentially coming out to coach in the A-League next season. What are some of those names? Uh, uh, you sounded a bit like um, Mourinho, the number unbelievable. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but what are you talking about? Not, uh, this is not necessarily for Melbourne City, but some of the names have been you know, <laughs> flaunted at the moment. Stuart Pearce, mm-hmm. former England international, Good player, yeah, good player. Um, you know, you know, he's a he's a bread and butter coach over in the UK. Had a couple of teams. Coached England for one game as a caretaker after Fabio Capella was bring him in, bring yeah. him across, Carlos Fernando Morientes. Why not? Yeah, great uh, Spanish player. Bring, um, bring. There's talk about Harry Kuehl. There's talk about Robbie Fowler, Teddy Sheringham, Gabriel Batistuta. For where ninety percent of those club. Uh, yeah, sorry. For the, the... No, no, they're they're, they're just they just names that have been banded around right. for Adelaide, for Wellington, uh, not necessarily Melbourne City. But all I say to clubs out there, and I know they're listening to us right now. Oh, they are. Okay, they, they don't go to sleep. Please, 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 midnight. do not just hire a coach or a manager. Don't be rude. Because they've got a big name in football. Look at their CV, for heaven's sake. <laughs> Have they coached? Have they won things at senior level somewhere? Gabriel Batistuta. Has, is was a wonderful player for Argentina. He was a wonderful player for world football, in Italian football, when he was over there. But he hasn't coached enough. So, Adelaide, please, forget about the romance of bringing him over. He's not the man for you. What's the cost-benefit analysis, Carlos? The, Do coaches bring people through the gates? No, they don't. They don't. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, fair to come. Just forget about him. Forget about Robbie Fowler, please. Robbie Fowler, for him to put his hand up for Newcastle Jets' job when they didn't even ask him... <laughs> that tells me something that uh, that he's not ready. Harry Kuehl, you know, I'd one, like one to of see our greats. Yeah, but I know, know, I know. But he and I'm not judging him for what he did at Watford because I know he lost his job at Watford under 23s. Didn't have a happy time there. That doesn't mean he, that one day he won't be a good coach. But let him become a good coach before you start, uh, you know, pursuing the romance of having one of our greats coach you. Yeah. I think we've matured as a sport now enough to be able to say. Hang on, you've got a big name, but have you coached before? And by the way, have you coached at senior level and won things? Because they're the sort of coaches our club deserve. Surely, surely in an interview process, they're the questions you would ask. Well, <laughs> Guillaume, well look, I know Guillaume Moore was sort of a, almost an accident in that Joseph Gombau moved on. Romance, Moore, just his yeah, name. well, he was a you know <laughs> the football operations guy. He came in. I can understand, and he won the league by the way too. But, but Carlos, where are you going to get them at an affordable price, a Correct. realistic price? I think that's a really important. Well, point. it's it. You know, the affordable price you're talking about doesn't come under the salary cap for a, for a coach. So I think the most important player. What are you, what are you laughing at? Oh, just you? hearing that Jim Jilton might yeah. make a comeback. To, just just the, the yeah. magic of radio. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I I think I think if you're going to invest in something at your club, um, and it's not you're not you know bound by a salary cap, which your coaching jobs aren't. Just find the money. Pay the money because he's the most important person at your club. All right. So if it's a million dollars, you find a million dollars to pay the the guy. Um, you know, and and I, I'm sure there's some great coaches out there that have won things. They may not have been great players in their time, but they may be just great coaches in world football. And Melbourne City, with the network they've got of scouts everywhere, 
that you'd think that uh, that they would be able to find the right coach. And I and I actually am very confident they will find the right coach this time. But I think they made a mistake once Van Skip went by uh, you know employing or giving the, the you know the head job to. Um, to Mike Valkanis and his team. We've got a fairly long uh, off-season to come uh, yes. uh, in a couple of weeks' time, Carlos, so we'll talk about that. Hey, let's take a final break here on the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Time flies when you're having fun. Uh, just a quick update in the Asian Champions League game happening at the moment. One Tong from Thailand is still 1-0 up against uh, Brisbane Raw who, uh, just for Melbourne Victory fans, are looking, uh, they're tiring themselves out here, but they're, <laughs> which is good. Tiring. It's the 67th minute. Thomas Broish has just uh, had a sit down, so he's having a bit of a rest, uh, just, just so you know. He had a lot of ice on the groins yep. at the end of the and game. And depending on this result, uh, I think Brisbane, uh, if they lose, I think they don't have much of a chance of uh, progressing, progress, uh, progress at all. If um, if they draw or win, it'll depend on other results in that last game, I think. And, and Adelaide United are definitely in the mix. They're, yeah. I think they're sitting second at the moment. I think uh, Western City Wanderers are out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, that's that's it for this week's show. Enjoy the finals. Uh, Melbourne victory take on uh, uh, Brisbane Raw at uh, five on Sunday. That's it. So, Carlos, remember... We're Puerto Rican girls. Hang out. We're we'll there. Wherever you samba, rumba, and la bamba. We're we'll we'll there. there. Wherever the girls are free on their head and balls at their feet. We're we'll we'll there. Wherever gringos play football. We're we'll we'll there. We are the Four Diego. Olé. Olé.